You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Hopefully you guys' work week is off to a great start. You're halfway through it. And hopefully you guys are all enjoying the podcast like usual. A lot to catch you up on like usual here on the podcast. We're going to talk some BYU basketball and BYU football. Our two big topics that we seem to hit on each day here on the podcast. So a lot to get to in that regard. Need to talk about an interesting article and argument that Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider makes regarding BYU football recruiting. We'll talk about that. Also need to talk some BYU basketball. Chris Burgess, BYU assistant coach, named as one of the top 50 mid-major assistant coaches in the entire country. We'll talk about the impact he has made for BYU basketball. And of course, catch you up on everything else. Need to answer some questions we didn't get to on yesterday's podcast as well. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Built Bar. They are sponsoring us here on Locked On Cougars as well as the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and save yourself $10 on your first purchase. Fantastic local company based right here in Utah. We'll tell you more about them here in a little bit. We're also brought to you today by our good friends over at Talacris Plasma Resources. We'll tell you about what they're doing right now amidst the COVID-19 pandemic and their urgent need for donors here in a little bit on the podcast. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 6th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So a big thank you to all of you who are supporting the podcast. And if you're new to the show, welcome on in. Make sure to hit that follow button if if you're listening to us on Spotify, we're seeing a significant spike in people listening to the podcast on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this show. We go Monday through Friday talking BYU sports each and every day. Kicking off today's show, wanted to talk about an interesting article that Jeff Hans from Cougar Sports Insider wrote recently. And you can read this. It's I know that Cougar Sports Insider normally a lot of their stuff's behind a paywall, but this is an open article by Jeff Hansen and he wrote a very interesting piece. And it's talking about the fact that BYU trying to manage their football roster in particular, where you have 85 scholarships, they have a number of guys go on missions each year, and trying to make sure that you keep within that framework of having 85 five scholarship players or less, but also being able to absorb missionaries and incoming recruits at all times. It's not easy to do. There's absolutely, it's one of the most unique challenges in all of college football. Uh, as he writes in here, it says, but BYU has always run right at the scholarship limit. Bronco Mendenhall found himself in scholarship crunches regularly. Now, Kalani Satake is in the same situation. It's almost impossible to avoid, and the, quote, win immediately no matter what, unquote, nature of college football has only exacerbated the issues in Provo. And Jeff's not wrong. Jeff knows what he's talking about. I've talked with people inside the BYU football program, and they absolutely are under a scholarship crunch, especially with the current format of having a number of missionaries from international missions coming home 
temporarily or maybe permanently. There could be a number of guys who are high-level prospects who might decide, you know what, I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to get back into playing college football, and they're going to look to BYU, and the Cougars are going to say, well, we didn't anticipate having you back for a year or two here. We don't necessarily have a scholarship. Are you okay walking on potentially? It's going to be very tough for BYU to manage that, but this is just not just a one-year issue. This has been an ongoing deal, as Jeff Hansen notes here. I will make sure to uh, link this article in the show notes if you want to read it on your own, or you can go to Cougar Sports Insider. It's right there on their front page. Well, uh, Jeff argues for three uh, rules. He calls them the recruiting rules for managing the crunch for BYU football. The first rule, he says, wait until a player's junior year to extend an offer. Okay, any of you that pay attention to recruiting at BYU or in college football in general, the trend has become that you offer kids as soon as you can if you feel like they're going to be a guy who could be an impact player for you at the next level. BYU famously has offered kids as young as 8th grade. Raider DeMooney, a star at Timview High School who is currently committed to BYU, committed to BYU when he was an 8th grader. Logan Fanot, one of his teammates at Timview, did the same thing but has since kind of backed off his pledge and is now looking around the country at his other options. A uh, number of other guys BYU's offered early. Think of the guys like Brandon Cahoe, Cam Latu, Siaki Ika, all guys who were once upon a time BYU commits, but as eventually decommitted and committed to bigger programs nationally. So what Jeff is arguing here says, quote, frankly, that should be expected speaking of guys decommitting after committing early on. He says a commitment from a ninth grader means, well, nothing. And four years is a really long time to recruit somebody better than everyone else. Even if players dream of playing at BYU, for them to fulfill that dream in ninth grade and for BYU to expect the excitement of fulfilling that dream is probably far-fetched. Recruiting is as competitive as it is difficult, and he's absolutely right in that regard. So he argues that you wait, even if it's a guy that BYU knows they would take and would be interested in having in a BYU uniform, you hold off. He says there are some exceptions of a player like Kingsley Suomata is being recruited and picking up steam as a ninth grader? Sure, extend that offer. But don't bust down the door if you're BYU and be the only team to offer a kid for over a year if he's a ninth grader. He says Jeff advocates for people to slow down on that. Now, rule two here that Jeff writes about is uh, the most, I think, controversial that he writes, but I also see the wisdom in it. He says this is, quote, always going to be a tricky situation for BYU. How can Brigham Young University, the school owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not take all of the missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who want in? Well, they can't. It's that simple. The numbers just don't allow it. Uh, As he notes, in the class of 2020, BYU signed 19 players who are planning to serve a mission right away. That means BYU has already handcuffed the classes of 22 and 2023 significantly due to those missionaries, in theory, coming back and taking scholarships at that point. So, as Jeff says, BYU needs to limit their exposure in situations like that. They can't take 19 missionaries in each class. There are always certain players that BYU has to take regardless of mission plans, but you need to make sure that you're not taking guys who are going to go on missions where you might have a guy of equal caliber, potentially, who's not planning on a mission, maybe not a member of the church, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and wants to play football right away. 
I absolutely advocate the BYU look into this a little closer because you're right. The on its head, it doesn't look good for BYU as a church-sponsored school to not take all of the missionaries they can handle. I know it's been propped up as an advantage for BYU by certain detractors over the years. It's definitely not an advantage, but they absolutely, if you're going to take 20 guys potentially who are going to go on missions, you're absolutely putting yourself in harm's way to use that expression down the road because when those missionaries come home well that recruiting class is automatically going to be smaller I think that if BYU goes over 15 guys who are planning on missions that's probably the upper limit of what you want to do but I understand BYU operates differently than I would advocate for them to do but I do think that Jeff has a very uh, sage, sound wisdom on that limited number of missionaries going out right away. And there are guys, obviously, who are going to show up at BYU. The lifestyle is going to be conducive to them deciding, you know what, I want to go serve a mission. You can't control what a young man wants to do if they want to go on a mission. You're not going to be Kalani Satake or another coach at BYU and say, young man, you signed here to play football for four straight years. You're not going on a mission. Of course, they will make exceptions and allow guys to go out if they so desire. But I think that Jeff's got a good point here that you do need to be careful about taking as many guys who are going on missions. Now, the one final rule here from Jeff, uh, a Cougar Sports Insider, that we need to get to is his rule number three he says prioritize grad transfers over junior college players. And I wholeheartedly endorse this. Uh, Jeff argues that uh, there is a new way to plug immediate holes that preserve your future scholarship flexibility with graduate transfers. These are players who are immediately eligible and will only be on the scholarship books for a single season most of the time. He says, obviously, it's a gamble, but it's a gamble with junior college players as well. And junior college players could take up a scholarship for up to three years, potentially, at BYU. I think that... uh, Grad transfers are absolutely the right way to go for BYU in terms of approaching the transfer market. They're young men who have had a little more life experience. They kind of understand, okay, I don't need all the hard partying and all the other things that go on. BYU's honor code at that point may become a lot more palatable to them because you can also say, hey, even if you don't agree with this honor code, you're coming in here for what, a max of a year, eight months. I know Matt Harms, who we had on this podcast, talked about the fact that he sees BYU, it's an eight-month business trip for him. He can put up with the honor code for that long. He actually thinks it might help his game in a way because it allows him to focus on his craft. I think that absolutely grad transfer should be the priority for BYU if you're not going to go the high school route in terms of recruiting a prospect. Guys like Devontae Henry Cole from the University of Utah have been great. Jordan Leslie over the years. Harvey Jackson, if you remember him, a transfer from Nebraska. You can just look at the different grad transfers who have come in. Emmanuel Asupa and Tyson Williams last year. They've all been impact guys by and large, but they also have spoken, spoke glowingly of their time at BYU despite how short it ultimately was. I think that Jeff absolutely is dead on here. Grad transfers should be the priority over junior college guys. If you have a guy at the junior college level who you think, hey, this guy is lights out, he's dynamic, he wants to come here, he's got all-world talent, blah, 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 blah. You think he can hang for two or three years with the honor code, et cetera, at BYU? By all my... By all means, recruit him and get him on campus. I think a guy like Chris Jackson fits that mold. 
But the priority for BYU, if you're going to go to the transfer market, look at the grad transfers, the transfer portal, before you go to the junior college ranks. And I think, Jeff, very good arguments here. Go to Cougar Sports Insider, read up on it. Uh, just a plug, I don't, I don't get paid for this at all, but if you like recruiting coverage and some of the best BYU coverage just in general, consider subscribing to Cougar Sports Insider. Jeff and his team are absolutely phenomenal at what they do, so check them out. CougarSportsInsider.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. A great article, and wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to Jeff. We'll have him back on the podcast here, hopefully in the next little bit. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to go on to the hardwoods, talk some BYU basketball. Chris Burgess getting some big-time props from a national publication. We'll talk about that. Before we do that, though, as I mentioned in the open, our title sponsor is Built Bar. Built Bar is a local company in Utah County. They are near and dear to our hearts, but they're now the title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars and the title sponsor for the Locked On Podcast Network this entire month, guys. They are great. So what Built Bar is, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I can say this without... Uh, with no equivocation, I can say it does taste like a candy bar. I had their chocolate double mousse flavor earlier today, and it was absolutely incredible. I've had ones like their orange cream filled one. Uh, they have a salted caramel, ca- caramel, caramel. How are you supposed to say that right? Caramel, caramel, uh, whatever. Either way, these built bars are absolutely phenomenal. They have eight current chocolate nut flavors as well as eight chocolate nut free flavors so regardless of whatever your tastes are they've got you covered all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate they're soft and easy to chew this is not the old power bar days over the years where you had to essentially uh, guzzle down a, a bucket of milk it felt like afterwards or water to wash it down these built bars are absolutely incredible they're great for the health conscious guy or gal they help you lose or maintain your weight while indulging in a delicious treat they're low calorie low sugar but high protein high fiber bars check them out guys built bar local company a lot of us have been really adamant about supporting our local companies well built bar is right here in the state of utah so when you support this company you're supporting the local utah economy so check it out guys go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and you'll get ten dollars off your first order use the promo code locked on once again l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and get ten dollars off at builtbar.com built bar proud sponsor of locked on cougars and the locked on podcast network work. Let's take a minute here and talk some BYU basketball. News coming out yesterday that BYU assistant basketball coach Chris Burgess is one of the top 50 most impactful mid-major assistant coaches in men's NCAA Division I basketball. That comes from Silver Waves Media, a media organization based out of the West Coast here in the United States of America. I think it's a well-deserved honor. In fact, I would actually say that Cody Fuger probably also deserves to be on this list, and Nick Robinson isn't far off from it. But Chris Burgess, I think he really gets the plot. It's because of what he was able to accomplish in his first year at BYU, as well as what he did at Utah Valley University under Mark Pope. Uh, if you go to uh, Silver Waves Media, they're linked to this. I'll link it in the show notes, similar to what I did with Jeff Hansen's article. Here's his quote. Burgess has quite the pedigrees. He played for Rickman 
Majerus in Utah and reached the national championship playing for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke after being the number one overall recruit in the country and a McDonald's All-American in high school. After learning under two legends, Burgess got to start at Salt Lake Community College and Indiana Hills Community College before moving on as assist- moving on to be an assistant coach at Utah Valley. In four seasons at Utah Valley, Burgess was able to contribute to back-to-back 20-win seasons in 2017 and 2018-19, a school record of wins in a season 25 after just 12 wins the prior year and three straight postseason appearances. Much of that same success has been translated into year one for him at BYU. The Cougars turned in a 24-8 overall record in 2019-20 and a final national ranking of number 18 in the Associated Press poll. The Irvine, California native has been known for his development of big men during his time, during this time, excuse me. He has been, he has coached a handful of bigs that have earned all conference selections and at Utah Valley, the big men were ranked among the most efficient offensive players in the country, according to Synergy. BYU will look to capitalize on their first year success with a strong recruiting class coming in, including Purdue transfer Matt Harms, who Burgess helped recruit, unquote. I think this is a well-deserved honor for a guy like Chris Burgess. His work with the big men especially is legendary because the thing about Burgess is he he's not just a, a big man who can tell a big man what to do. Burgess is not far removed from his playing days. He played well over a decade overseas playing professional basketball, and he can still mix it up with these guys when he needs to. He can put his back to the basket, lay into a guy, and show him this is how you're supposed to do it. Last year, BYU is extremely thin on their front line. They thought that they would have a guy like Gavin Baxter, then he goes down with a shoulder injury. They essentially got away with a season's worth of not having a true post player outside of Yoli Childs, who missed, what, 13 of the games, 14 of the games this past season? And that's a credit to what uh, BYU as a staff was doing. But I think a bigger credit to a guy like Chris Burgess because Kobe Lee really was their only option. And Kobe Lee was an afterthought. But Mark Pope in the preseason last year said, hey, guys, Kobe Lee's going to surprise you guys. And by all metrics, he was absolutely dead on. He called his shot. And a lot of that credit has to go to a guy like Chris Burgess. He obviously did a yeoman's effort in putting in the work to get a guy like Kobe Lee up to speed to understand here's what we need you to do. I'm not discounting what Mark Pope also could do because Mark Pope is a big man in his own right, but more removed from his playing days than Chris Burgess is. I think this is a very well-deserved honor from Silver Waves Media for Chris Burgess at BYU. It's awesome to see his name amongst this list. I think that Chris Burgess at some point is going to be a collegiate basketball head coach. He's kind of on that track here now, and I think that Mark Pope is going to be well-served to continue to keep uh, Chris Burgess alongside him for however long he is able to do so. I know Chris Burgess has really enjoyed his time in Provo so far. Obviously had a the whole story about him being the number one recruit in the country and deciding on Duke over BYU and then picking Utah over BYU when he transferred uh, may have ground the gears of some BYU fans, but I can tell you this much. He's very grateful for the time he's had in Provo so far, and I think these honors coming in as they have so far are much deserved, and it's awesome to see him getting that opportunity. And Of course, it's it's a, just a matter of time before I think BYU finds another grad transfer 
from the market. I'm just still doing some research on reading up on guys like Jalen Carey, as well as uh, some of the other grad transfer or transfer portal targets for BYU basketball. We'll talk about that probably on tomorrow's edition of the podcast, give you another update on how things work there. And and maybe news breaks before then, but we'll track all of that for you guys. And of course, make sure to bring you all the latest news when it comes to BYU basketball, like we usually do. All right, uh, we're going to answer some of your questions we didn't get to on yesterday's podcast here in just a second. Before we do that, talk to you guys for a minute about the urgent need for donors that can donate their plasma. And Telechris Plasma Resources has been working with us here for the last couple of weeks on Locked On Cougars, and they are one of the donation centers that absolutely could use your donation right now. The plasma that Telechris and other plasma resource centers are collecting goes into making life-saving medications for people with low immune systems, as well as plasma therapy for burn victims and research into additional usages of plasma. In fact, right now they're looking into plasma and how it might be able to combat COVID-19 the current pandemic that we're all dealing with. Uh, Griffles the parent company of Talacris was actually the only one selected by the FDA and BARDA for the quote treatment of COVID-19 using convalescent plasma and anti-SARS-CoV-2IG unquote. That's a lot of technical jargon but let's put it this way they are the only company right now that's researching how plasma could potentially fight off this awful COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's a fantastic thing. And there is an absolutely urgent, critical need for plasma donors to make sure that they get the the resources they need. So Talacris right now is hoping that you guys can go donate. They are located at 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. You can give them a call anytime, 801-377-1243. And you may wonder, well, I have a busy schedule. I'm working from home. I may not be able to make it. They're open all hours of the day and evening. 5.30 a.m. they open. They close at 8.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. On Saturdays, they open from 5.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. They are closed on Sundays. It's a fantastic way to make sure that you're helping out your community and your fellow human beings. But additionally, if you've been furloughed, you're currently dealing with the economic fallout of the COVID-19 pandemic, well, Telechris could put some money into your pocket and help you out that way because new donors at Telechris Plasma Resources can earn up to $525 in a month with 10 donations in a month's time. Return donors, if you've already been donating, you can earn up to $400. $175 still with 10 donations in a month. There's money going right into your pocket, and you're also helping out your fellow man by donating your plasma. I can speak to how good that Talacris does it. I donated when I was a student at BYU. I need to take some time here in the next little bit and get down there and donate once again. I would encourage you guys to do the same. Check out Talacris Plasma Resources, 651 Columbia Lane in Provo. Call them, 801-377-1243. And once again, that's Talacris Plasma Resources, a proud sponsor here on Locked on Cougars. All right, guys, had a question come in that I didn't get to on yesterday's podcast, and it comes from our good friend Casey Finlinson at FinDaddy81 on Twitter. And he asked the question, quote, will there be a June media day, speaking of BYU football media days, and obviously college football has their media days that come up in July. Uh, the first question to that is, Casey, as it stands right now, I'd be hard-pressed to think that BYU does a media day where the media is actually in attendance in person. Hopefully that makes sense. 
We've seen uh, conferences like the uh, American Athletic Conference, the SEC, the Mountain West Conference. They've all said that their media days will be taking place, albeit potentially at a later date than originally scheduled in July, and they will be all digital, where the media will tune in from a remote location and do it that way. I'm thinking the BYU, where they traditionally do it that last Tuesday or Wednesday of the month of June, with the current format of how things are going with COVID-19, I would guess that BYU at some point announces either they're moving media days back or they will go to an all-digital format. I'm hoping that we can go there in person. It's always good to rub shoulders with your fellow media members. It's something I miss every day. It's been going on two months at this point that I haven't been with my fellow media comrades that cover BYU, etc. And it sucks, but also it's also fun to get with the players and coaches, talk to them in person, interview them, and get some thoughts from them. So it'll be interesting to see where things shake out, Casey, but I'm guessing that at this point it's either being postponed and moved back to a later date or BYU will go with an all-digital format. Now, I also have followed up with a question says, also, I believe there will be students full-time back on campus by mid-spring semester. So that would mean by the end of this month, essentially, early next month in June. He says, how will that affect spring and summer conditioning? Well, here's the thing, Casey. If that does happen, he's speaking of BYU, uh, I, students are back on campus at any point this summer. That means BYU football players can get back into the football facilities and start working out. You've probably seen on social media a number of players working out on their own. Lorenzo Fawatea and a number of his uh, teammates have been doing a lot of footwork, footwork drills Excuse me, daily. I see it on Instagram all the time. A number of other guys are doing other things, working out in weight rooms. I know that uh, Matt Bushman told DJ and PK, the show that I work on uh, daily on the Zone Sports Network, that he finally found a gym where he could work out daily. So guys are doing a lot of work on their own. But if students are back on the campus, I can guarantee you once that happens, BYU players will be back in the football facilities meeting up with strength coaches and really getting after it because they've lost an entire offseason almost at this point. A lot of work in the weight room that would have gone in during this time, a lot of work on the field and player-run practices, etc has been lost so it's it's unfortunate how things have played out but the biggest thing is that BYU is at no disadvantage to anybody else right now everybody else around the country is dealing with the same thing Alabama has been tracking iPhones and and Apple watches to see how guys are working out etc Okay, that may be an advantage to a degree, but also these are still guys working out on their own. How motivated can you stay that long working out on your own? I don't know. I'd like to hope that all of the young men at BYU and also just all around college football are working out their hardest, but we're also talking about guys who are between 18 and potentially 25 years old. And let's be real, women, cars, video games, food, there's a lot of other stuff that comes as a priority to these young men at points. And I don't think you can stay engaged as heavily as you might expect them to. And the good news is if that does, if you're, if you're right about that case, he's saying that students will be full-time back on campus by mid spring semester, meaning the end of this month, early next month, you can guarantee that BYU football will be back in action pretty quick thereafter if that comes to fruition. Here's hoping that they don't bring them all back and we have another outbreak and they have to send them all back home. That would be the unfortunate thing. Hopefully everything done kind of in the right order that make sure that everybody's safe regardless of this. And my personal thought here is I wish all of you are safe. I hope all of you are safe and that you all are doing well. Um, 
it's it's crazy time that we all live in. But at, at the same time, I think we can all band together and understand that as it stands right now, we're all kind of getting through this all together. We all are staying at home, but staying safe, uh, being physically distanced, distanced, but also being socially uh, interactive at the same time. I'm meeting up with friends on Zoom meetings, phone calls, FaceTime. There's so many different ways to interact with people. So if Casey's right and what he's hearing about BYU students being back on campus full-time in the near future, that'd be a very good sign for BYU football and their chances of getting some work in in the summer in the weight room and also on the practice fields, etc., as they get ready for the upcoming season. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support, as I say all the time. Make sure you hit that follow button if you're listening to us on Spotify or the subscribe button if you're listening on Apple iTunes. We love talking BYU sports every day. I love talking BYU sports every day, and hopefully you guys are enjoying me bringing it to you as much as I enjoy bringing it to you each and every day. It's a ton of fun to do what I do. I'm blessed to do what I do, and I can't thank you guys enough once again for your support of this venture as we go forward. Have a great rest of your Wednesday whenever you listen to this. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Use the promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And also brought to you today by our good friends at Talacris Plasma Resources. There is a massive, urgent, and critical need for plasma donors at this time so go check out our friends at Talacris Plasma Resources 651 Columbia Lane in Provo not hard to find and they'd be happy to have you guys come on down enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday and we will be back with you guys soon this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 6th 2020 we will talk to you tomorrow